For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Welcome to Daily Drive Time Devotions. We are in day five of our look at chapter four of 1 Thessalonians. We left off yesterday, you might remember, talking about the resurrection of the body, talking about this incredible event that's going to happen for those who have died before Jesus returns and raptures the church. And the Bible teaches us that this resurrected body that Jesus is going to give us, we get that body when he returns. Do you see what's going to happen? As we talked yesterday, we talked about the fact that our spirits go immediately to be with the Lord. But then we talked also in 1 Corinthians 15 about the fact that we're going to have a resurrected body, transformed and perfect. When do we get that resurrected body? We get it when Jesus returns. Get the picture. Jesus is in heaven with the spirits of all those who've been made perfect, all of those who have died and gone to be with him before he returns. When he returns, he brings all of them, all of us, if you're one of those people at that time. And the body that's been in the grave is transformed somehow immediately. And somehow, in some way I don't understand, our spirit and our resurrected body meet in the air in this incredible moment where they're reunited. Now, I know some people question this. They say, well, wait, doesn't the body become dust after a few years? Well, God made man out of dust in the first place. He can certainly resurrect a body out of dust. And that's exactly what he's going to do. The Bible teaches that you and I are going to enjoy this resurrected body with Jesus Christ for all of eternity. That's what the Thessalonians were concerned about. They thought that the people that had already died were not going to get raptured. They weren't going to get a resurrected body. They might be spirits in heaven at best. So Paul had to teach them, no, no, that's not how it happens. They'll go immediately to be with the Lord when the Lord returns. Before you get your new and resurrected body, your raptured body, They are going to be resurrected out of the grave, their bodies are, and they will get a new body. And Paul says the dead in Christ will rise first. The word first is important. It's interesting. When it comes to the second coming, God is not nearly so concerned about the timelines and the order of events as we are. Or he would have explained it to us in a way that everybody could immediately understand. So when Jesus taught, he often mixed the order of how things would happen. He talked about something happening then and then something way into the future. And when you put these verses in 1 Thessalonians beside those in Revelation, it'll cause you to scratch your head sometimes about the exact order of things. It's not as important to God as it is to us because knowing what will happen is more important than when or the order. And yet in this case, it was important to know that those who had already died would get a resurrected body first. Why? Because the people in Thessalonica were concerned about their loved ones. And so Paul says, they get to go before you. Now, it almost makes you want to die before the rapture, doesn't it? I know some people who said, I don't want to go through the rapture. I want to get the whole experience. I want to have that spiritual thing in heaven where I have a spiritual body of some kind. And then I want to come back with Jesus. And then I want to see my body resurrected out of the grave. The truth of the matter is, personally, I don't care how it happens. I'm just glad that I'm going to be with the Lord for all eternity. That is the resurrected body. The resurrected body is a glorious body. It's not a ghoulish body. It's a resurrected body. It's a perfect body. We're not talking about the night of the living dead here. We're talking about the day of the living Lord. It is a body like the resurrected body of Jesus. That's what we look forward to. So Paul, as he talks to the Thessalonians about what's going to happen when Jesus returns, talks about the word return and the word resurrection. But then he points to a third word, the word rapture. We who were alive, Paul says, and rapture isn't his word, he uses the word, we will be caught up, verses 17 and 18. 
After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. The word rapture that you may have heard, that most of us have heard, comes from the Latin word used in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, which in English is translated here, caught up. The Greek word has the idea behind it of something that happens in a moment of time. The rapture will occur in an indivisible instant of time. Now, a lot of people distinguish the rapture of Christ's church from the visible return of Christ in judgment for the world. Two different events. Some think they're going to happen simultaneously. Some think they're going to happen separated by a period of tribulation. They are both part of what happens when Jesus Christ comes again. There will be this moment when those of us who are alive, when Jesus comes again, will immediately see these bodies of ours resurrected. You don't die and then they're resurrected. They're transformed immediately. The Bible says that when that happens, you and I are caught up with those believers who've already died into the clouds. So there's an upward look to this. There is an upside to every one of our lives as believers. The four words we've looked at these last two days. First, there's return. Then there's resurrection. Then there's rapture. And then the fourth word, there is reunion. And so Paul says, we will meet the Lord in the air. It's a reunion. Now, some reunions are not all they're cracked up to be. Ever been to a high school reunion? You go to a high school reunion and you look around at the people and you think, oh man, I hope I don't look as bad as they look this many years later. You look at the beautiful cheerleader and, well, she doesn't look like she used to look. You look at the sleek wide receiver on the football team and he's just wide now. You look at this reunion and you think, it's not much. Well, that's not the kind of reunion that Paul is talking about here. Can you imagine this reunion? People's bodies being reunited with their spirits for all eternity. Family members seeing each other for the first time in years as they rise to meet with Jesus Christ. Seeing people from your past and rejoicing in the fact that we're spending eternity together with him. Now, some, as you're on your way up to Jesus, you might look over and think, how did they get in? And then they'll be looking at you thinking the same thing. It's all part of this incredible reunion. United with people from your church that you've known that maybe now are all over the world, all over the nation, and more importantly than anything, Jesus Christ right there at the center of this reunion. This tops everything. This experience that we're talking about tops everything. I can say with confidence that the most exciting experience in your life has not happened yet. I don't care what you've done in your life. You may have skied down the Himalayas. You may have skydived off of El Capitan. This is not skydiving. This is diving upwards. It's the opposite. It's more exciting. It is the most exciting experience you can imagine, and it is in your future as a believer. No matter what you're going through right now, and you might be going through some dark days right now, you have something to look forward to as a believer in Jesus Christ. Nothing can take that away from you. Nothing can steal this hope from you. And Paul says, this is the hope that you need to live the life of Christ in everyday life in this world, to live the life that is an excellent life. That is why verse 18 says, therefore, encourage each other with these words. I know when we talk about the second coming, the question many of us have is, when will this happen? Well, that's in chapter five. That's next week. Doesn't say much about it. But what it does say is extremely significant. So just set that question to the side for just a moment. And let me read for you again 1 Thessalonians 4.18. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. 
encourage. If the truth of the second coming doesn't encourage you, you are not hearing it right or someone isn't teaching it right because it is the message of hope. So let's take a moment together right now to pray and ask God's encouragement into our hearts. Jesus, thank you for your word. This chapter that we've studied together this week that starts with a call to sexual purity and a challenge to do well on the job ends with encouragement about the second coming. And Jesus, we recognize in your presence that they go together. Hope inspires purity. Hope inspires endurance, even in a difficult job. And so, Jesus, I pray right now that you would fill my life with your hope. Just say that to Jesus. Jesus, fill my life with your hope. No matter what is happening, I am looking forward to this eternity. Instead of checking out in my mind on the life that I'm living right now, I pray that this hope would inspire me to live life in such a way that people see in me, Jesus, who you are. Even as I go through difficulties, I can have hope. Even as I go through times of confusion, I can have hope. Even when it seems that everybody is against me, I can have hope. Because Jesus Christ, these are truths that will not change. And so I recognize my hope that is in you. And I pray that I would draw strength from that hope today. I ask it, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Make sure to join us this next week as we finish our look together at the book of 1 Thessalonians, looking together at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 